begin with a prayer. Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us to camp. We thank you for giving us the opportunity to come unto you, to draw near unto you, to look into your word. And Lord, we thank you for so many who have come to camp, and we ask that it would be a blessing, that it would be for your honor, for your glory, that all that would be said and done would be according to your will, and that your name would be glorified, and that many would come to know you and to know the, the power of your resurrection and the way that you can work in individual lives and the things that you can do and what you have already done for us and teach us to appreciate that and teach us to gain more understanding of who you are and how you work in the lives of individuals so that, you, again, your name would be honored and glorified. Lord, we just thank you and praise you for all things. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. Uh, today's forum is about spiritual gifts, and I'm going to start with the 1 Corinthians 12.1, now concerning spiritual gifts. Brethren, I would not have you ignorant. And uh, I think this is the Apostle Paul talking to the church in Corinth, and he went through a number of subjects with them and a number of concerns and items that he had that he wanted to teach the church. And in this uh, chapter, he wants to talk about uh, spiritual gifts, and he wants them to have an understanding of what that is and uh, uh, and that they should uh, know some uh, things about that. So to begin with, I'd like to look at some of these verses here that talk about uh, spiritual gifts. Uh, the one in, in uh, Romans 12, 6 through 8, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorted on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. So some of the gifts there are prophecy, ministry, teaching, exhortation, giving, ruling, and mercy. And then uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the, work, the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. So the gifts here, we have wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, uh, discerning tongues, uh, discerning and in interpretation of tongues. And then in 1 Corinthians 12, 28 through 30, and God had set some in the church, first apostles, secondary prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, 
than gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, or do all interpret. And some of the gifts there, apostle, prophet, teacher, miracles, healing, helps, government, tongues, speaking, and interpreting in tongues. And then uh, in Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So some gifts we have there are apostle, prophet, uh, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. So these are the lists of the the gifts that uh, that we've looked at in those uh, scriptures there. And when I began studying for this forum, um, I began by looking at some of these gifts and uh, to to look at what they are and and uh, to to. And, and, and I looked at some other material that had kind of like a, a self-assessment type uh, questionnaire that would guide you through uh, what, what kind of gifts that you might have. And uh, I think they, that's a good thing. And also the sister church has on their uh, counseling uh, website, they have a a couple things on, on spiritual gifts, and, uh, and one of them has uh, such an item that has a self-assessment where you can go through, and it has like 80 questions that, that you go through to see where it might lead you and in what direction it might lead you to, uh, to what type of gift there would be. And... Uh, I have the the website if anyone wants to check that out, and I think there's there's value in doing that. That uh, looking at uh, how the Lord is working in in your life and how the Spirit might be leading you. But uh, then I found the Lord taking me away from from that approach and and to try to look at it in in a little bit of a different way. Because what I found what, whoops, what I found was that I was looking at this spiritual gifts as kind of like a, a piece that's missing in this puzzle, and that we have these various aspects of our lives that uh, that, and and this isn't really a closed list; it's just some some aspects of, of a person's life. And I was looking that, at that as that this spiritual gift would kind of leave, like be a, a piece that would, would fit into that puzzle, that you would find out what that is, you would put it in its place there, and everything would, would kind of like fit together. But then in looking at that, I... The, the way I, I drew this was that you have all these separate 
areas, and they're, they're separated by these lines here. But in looking at that, I thought, well, things aren't always that separate. For instance, if you look at Abraham, when he was told by God to offer his son, do you think that involved many of these aspects? Do you think there was a physical aspect to that? What did he have to do? He had to go up the mountain and to, to take with him what was necessary to do that. Do you think there was a mental aspect to that? Do you think there were a lot of things going through his, his mind there? If I put myself in his place, there would be a lot of things that I would be thinking about and wondering about and, and thinking, what is God really asking of me here to, to do this? I think there's a, a, a great deal of, of mental things that would be going on. And how about emotional? What do you think he was going through during that time? I don't think we can even imagine that because we've never been put in that, or I have never been put in that kind of a situation. But there, there's a lot of things happening and a lot of overlapping things happening. That you can't just separate them out uh, like this. There's a lot of things happening at one time. And, and another case I was thinking about, when, when Noah was told to build the ark of God, to build the ark to save the, the, the animals and that he, he would destroy the earth, uh, on, on Noah's part, do you think that took some talent to be able to do that? Do you think everyone can, can just be able to build an ark, or does it take someone who has an understanding of what that is a little bit and to be able to, 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 uh, to, to con, uh, understand what, what God is telling him to do and, and how to do it and to be able to build that? It takes uh, some of that. It, uh, it takes some even artistic capabilities to understand how all of this is going to come together and how he, God is going to want to put all those animals into the ark. Um, and, and it took some abilities. Do you think it took some physical strength to be able to, to build an ark like that, to build something that is that large? and to move wood to, to be able to do that. It, it took, uh, I think it took a lot of physical uh, strength. And I think it also took some skills, some, some acquired aptitudes that, that maybe some that he developed even, even uh, doing this. And so again, I think there's a lot of different aspects going on uh, in, in certain things that God has asked people to do, or even empowered people uh, to do. Uh, so, in some of these, are are some of these? Because those examples I gave, that those are Old Testament examples. That's that's uh, of of Abraham and of Noah. But are some of these things 
New Testament uh, concepts. For instance, we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, and now we're going to be talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Um, how is that different for a New Testament believer than for an Old Testament believer? And anyone? Yes, I want participation for that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just prompting the entire group, but I mean, the Lord can give me some thoughts here too. But sometimes, you know, in a lecture, it's very rhetorical, the questions that you're asking. So I wasn't uh, sure. This, this one I would like to, to have some discussion on. Well, we are Old Testament believers. What's that? We follow the New Testament, so it's very different. Uh, but at the same time, there can be some similarities because the apostles, they had to physically go and do things. And it took a lot of work. Uh, they had to go on far journeys. Uh, Philip went to uh, Ethiopia, I believe, or to the eunuch. He had to travel very far. Yeah, they, some of the New Testament... Uh, uh, believers were asked to do uh, certain things that took a lot of effort and uh, yeah. Just thinking about the seven deacons in Acts, that there was a division of uh, labor there that required a certain skill set but also spiritual uh, capabilities and characteristics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think one of the important things is when you talk about Old Testament, New Testament is New Testament, New Dispensation of Grace, we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So that's very different than how, how the Spirit worked in, in the Old Testament. Yeah. That was another combo. And I was thinking the same thing. While the men of old in the Old Testament um, strove to serve God, they did it pretty much to the best of their abilities, or as God gave them some, uh, namely Samson and maybe others. But we have, we have the resource within us now after the indwelling of the Spirit, to be able to lead us and guide us and empower us at the same time. Yeah, a tremendous advantage. Right. Yeah, as, as I think about the New Testament role of, these, of the Holy Spirit, uh, first Jesus promised that he would come. And uh, then he gave a commission. He said, to stay in Jerusalem, and ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You be my witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the outermost parts of the earth. And uh, that whole dispensation of the role of the Holy Spirit came in at a very personal level then. Everyone, it's not just a select few, everyone of us can enter into a personal walk with God where the fruits of the Spirit should be evident and manifesting daily, and the gifts of the Spirit, severally, the Bible says, as He chooses. Like the Holy Spirit going to want to pick individuals for callings and he wants to do that at a personal level. Yeah, so in the, in the Old Testament we read about that the Spirit came upon certain individuals and, and usually it was for certain tasks or for a, a brief uh, thing and now they, they, we have that the Holy Spirit can be permanent, to, that can be indwelling, that can be within, that w it would be a part of us. And I was also thinking that that's a, a real advantage for us because we have 
the full assurance that our sins are forgiven, that Christ's blood has taken those out of the way, and that, uh, that we can now have this oneness, this relationship with God. And I was wondering, that's not something that an Old Testament person, or Old Testament believer could have had in that same way. He could look forward to, to maybe about the Messiah coming, but we have the assurance that that's already happened, that Christ has already done that, that he's already offered that for us, and to have that assurance and to know that he will be with us in the person of the Holy Spirit is a tremendous advantage. But even these things, which of these did God not give unto us? Those are really all from God anyway, aren't they? God, God gives us everything. Everything we have is from God. And which of these should we submit unto the control of the Holy Spirit? All of them. We should submit all of them. And so I, w I was even thinking that, that these kind of separation things aren't really that important to try to separate out what is, what is uh, this and what is that, that, uh, that it's, it's not exactly like I've drawn here. But a, in another comparison would be like if you have different colored lights and when you, when you blend them together, you get different colors on, on where, where they blend together. And, uh, and here I've drawn more clean lines, and it's maybe more like this, that it's, uh, you, you see the different colors, that the edges aren't as well defined. Or I always even think that an, that an artist has a palette where he takes the paint and he mixes different colors there and he uses whatever color he wants, and he mixes that together to blend it into a different color, the color that, that he would want to use. And I think taking those various aspects of our lives, God is like using that too. He would take those different aspects of our lives, he would blend them together in the way that he sees fit, and he would use that to make something of his own design and for his own purpose. And I think spiritual gifts is the same way, that he would take whatever we submit unto him and use that for his purpose. And uh, there are some verses that kind of illustrate that, Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And we heard about this last night in Inspiration Hour, that, that we are the workmanship of God. It is God working in a believer's life to, to, do, to do God's will and to do God's pleasure. And here it talks about doing good works not for the purpose of obtaining salvation. He's already 
given that unto us. He's given Christ to, to do that for us. But part of what he wants us to do is, is to do good works. To, 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 that's what we were created to do. That's part of what his workmanship in our life would be to have us to do, to do uh, good works. And then Philippians 2, 13 through 15. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights. And God working in us. And, and one of the things, the reasons for that, is we are to shine as lights. Not the light that we have of ourselves, but a light that he would put within us, his light, that his light would shine forth, and it would, be, would shine forth in the world that is in the midst of a crooked and perverse world, that they could see a difference, that there's something else happening uh, in that life that, uh, that God is working and not we ourselves. And... Uh, God's purposes in giving the Spirit, I think Ephesians 4.12 is, is a good summary of, of the purposes of God's working uh, in our lives. And, and typically we say this one, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And that's really what it, what it is for. But there are also some other aspects of this. For the perfecting of the saints. Which saints do you think God wants to perfect? This one you can answer. <laughs> Us. Yeah. All. I think he wants to perfect all the saints. That's, that's what his goal is. So including me? Yes, including me. And so I think part of the spiritual gifts is that so that when he would give that gift and he would want us to use that gift, part of that is for perfecting us so that we would grow through that experience. That that is something he is doing for us to cause us to grow. Yes, part of it is for edifying the body of Christ, but part of it is for us so that He's working within us. He's, he's wanting us to grow, to develop, to mature, to become uh, more like him. That's part of his development. And for the work of the ministry, uh, does God need us to do his work for him? And again, you can answer this. He's chosen to yeah. use us as his ambassadors. Right, exactly. That's the way that he has chosen it to be. He could have done it differently. He could have had different ways to do that. He could have angels do certain things. He could have made things appear suddenly without any intervention at all. But the way he has chosen is to have us to be part of that because he wants us to be a part of that.
I think of the scripture that says, if these would hold their peace, the stones would cry out. Yes. What, a, what a privilege it is to be used by him for his glorification. Right. Yeah. So God could have done it in that way. He could have had stones cry out. But the way that he has chosen is to have us to be a part of that. And I think part of what he wants us to do is through that, that we would learn to lean on him. That we would, uh, as, as we're doing those things, and, and, and that's really a, for, for the work of the ministry, is, is really a, a tremendous thing that you think about, that, that God has given or entrusted unto us to do work for him. To do, to do those things that, that he wants to have done, to, to tell other people about Christ, to, to uh, make them, to, to tell them, give them the information of what that is. That's, that's a tremendous uh, thing that he has given unto us. And then for the edifying of the body of Christ, that it's really the reason he has given these, uh, these uh, gifts or, or these uh, things for us to do is so that the whole body of Christ, as a body, as a unit, would develop spiritually, would, would draw closer to him, and that, that uh, through that he, he would use that to, to develop the body of Christ as a whole. And then also later on in that Ephesians 4, really his... his Goals in doing that till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So what, what he wants to see happen in, in doing those things is to develop this unity among the believers, this oneness, this singleness of purpose through faith in Jesus Christ, and uh, he would want to have that uh, bind us together. He would want us to have a, a deeper knowledge of the Son of God, not just to know God in, in, uh, in, in understanding the way the mind would, would understand things and, and look at characteristics, but to understand in a way that is more intimate, that is, that is a relationship that we would be participating with God in, in the things that he wants to do, and, and he would give us the opportunity to participate with him, and then we could know him better by, by doing those things. We could, uh, we could understand in a way that, that is much deeper and that is on a, a level of the heart, not just of the, of the intellect unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So he wants us to grow to be fully mature, to, to, to be like full grown, to, to built up to the, to the point, like if you, if you look at a child, that it grows up and, and becomes an adult and is be able to do much more things than than a, a, a newborn baby can do. A newborn baby is kind of like helpless and needs to have things done for it. When it grows up, it's able to do things on its own. And that kind of a growth is what he's looking for 
on a spiritual level. So then looking at these aspects and, and uh, thinking that really all of these have to be submitted unto the control of the Holy Spirit and we have to give that over to him and say, Lord, if you want to use any of these in my life, use those things. And then I think some of these things will happen. Those are some of the manifestations of the ways that when God works in a life, when all of this is submitted unto him, so that we can say, Lord, use whatever you want. Take it and use it according to your will. Then we will see some of those things happen. Because I think I look at it at the wrong way sometimes. I look at these are tasks, and part of what, I, what I'm task-oriented, that I see a task and I want to do it and get it done and get that task done and concentrate on the task. And I think God is, wants more than that to happen, more than just that task to be done. He wants more to happen in that. He wants me to learn, to grow, to develop relationships, to work with others, and that not just getting that one task done. It's part of learning how to be submissive to him and how to, to give those things over to him and, and, and how to, uh, to like bring all of that together and give the control over to him. And then he uses the example of the church as a body that the, there, we're going to read in, in some of the chapters that have the same uh, verses about spiritual gifts also talk about the church as a body of Christ. And if the church is just groups that are separated and that don't work together, then it's not really functioning as a body. It's really dysfunctional, and it's disconnected. And that's not the design that God has for that. He really wants it to come together and to be a church, to work as a church, not just to have this building where these believers all come and they kind of worship in the same building at the same time, but to function together as a church. So we have to allow ourselves to be aligned to the way that God wants us to be, to the design that he has for, for us and, and uh, uh, for our lives. And that maybe even those lines of separation can disappear, that they don't really matter to us, that as long as that's functioning as a whole, because that's his design, that that would be the goal that he uh, would have. So I wanted to look at where he says some of that. 
But all these work of that one and selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. This is in that same chapter where we read about the spiritual gifts. And here he's talking about uh, that uh, God is the one who is going to decide on the individual level of how he will divide what he wants them to do. It would be really giving over to God as an individual, but that's going to work as 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 a body works. And he uses this example of the human body because I think we all have a body and we can understand how how some of those things work. The body has these separate elements. We have arms, we have legs, we have hands, we have eyes, we have nose, we have a mouth, we have different organs, we have limbs, but yet they operate as one unit. And he wants his church to operate that same way as one unit. And, and we can see how those, those things in our body all work together that this hand isn't fighting with this hand about what to do, that, uh, that it's controlled and, and is working together. They all have distinct functions. They all have different functions. The hand has a different function than the foot, yet it's working together. Not that they're competing with each other, but that each one is doing the function that it was designed to do and working together like that. That's how a body works together, by, by the, each part doing that uh, that it was designed to do. For the body is not one member but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it has pleased him. If, again, if we look at the body, if that body, if, if the hand were to, or, or if the foot were to say to the hand, look, the hand is very uh, useful. It can do many delicate tasks. It can do many different things. And if, if the foot were to say to the hand, well, I'm not like that. I can't do that. I can walk. I can, I can do this, but I'm not like that. Maybe I'm inferior. But that's not what the working a body as a whole is. And... Uh, Again, it's like the blending together of all of those things in our lives to, to be used by God for, for his purpose. And uh, he's saying, if, if, if the body were an eye, what if the body were one giant eye? It could see a lot, could see very well, but then it couldn't do other things. It needs those other parts of the body to function as a body. And that's what Christ wants us to do. That's what Christ wants us to use, those spiritual gifts, those, those things that he will allow to happen in our lives to function 
as a body. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body? And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor the head to the feet, I have no need of thee. Yea, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which thinks to be less honorable, upon those we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts more abundant comeliness. That there's a need for all of those things. There's a purpose for all of those things. God has, in the body, he has given purpose for all of those things, all of those individual parts. So he has in the church also, that he, he wants us to, to, again, a function as a unit, not to be in competition with one another, but to work together, to, to, uh, to be for his honor and for his glory. For our comely parts have no need, but God had tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacketh, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer. And where one member be honored, the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. That there be no schism, that there be no division there, that that's not the purpose that God has, but uh, that they should have the same care for one another, that there should be this care and concern and a working together that we should consider each other as a member of one another. And that uh, uh, ye are are members uh, of the body of Christ and members in particular, that there is one body, but there's each individual members. God cares for each person as an individual, but he also cares for the church as a whole, as a body, and he wants us to work that way. Then uh, in Ephesians 4, 15 and 16, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, for whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working of the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. This is another chapter that we read before about spiritual gifts, and he's talking about functioning as a body, that there's a head of the body, and that head is Christ, and that we would, he would be the one that would be directing it. He would be the one that would be in control of it, and that, that he, uh, we would look to him as the head, but it's all part of the body, and that, that, that body is, is put together according to, to his design and the way that he wants it to work if we submit ourselves unto his will and, and that we understand that that's how he wants us to work and, and how he wants us to do things. And the reason he has given those spiritual gifts, the reason he has given uh, those uh, things for us to do is so that body would function together. 
and that it would increase unto the edifying of itself in love, that the body as a unit would grow, and that, that we each doing our own individual part, whether that's different, that's going to be different, that's not going to be the same for all of us. There are, there are certain uh, gifts that are more visible than others, but that doesn't make them better in God's eyes. That's, if, if, we're, if we're trying to do a gift that we can see that someone else has and not the gift that God wants us to do, then we're doing the wrong thing. Then we're looking at it the wrong way. We're, we have to look at it. We have to do the function that God wants us to do. And that may change over time. The function that he wants us to do at one time may change. We have to grow with that. We have to, to learn what, what his will is and to be submissive to his will and, and to grow into that. For as, This is another chapter where we read about spiritual gifts. For as, many as, for as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ and every one members one of another. Again, the reference to the physical body, that each doing the different functions, and uh, the church is the same way. There are many members, yet each uh, is mutually dependent on each other. That means that uh, we all need each other because we're functioning as a body. As the body needs all those separate parts and all those separate organs to, to, to work as a body, that's the way that uh, Christ wanted the church to work. And that's not something that is, that, that's a purpose that God had in it. That's a design that he made. That's not something unanticipated that uh, it just kind of worked out that way. That's something that God made to work that way. He wants to work that way. And if, it, if it's not happening, then we're really not doing the, the full will of God. And that we're members one of another, that there isn't really this, uh, that we all consider each other as, as members of the body and not looking at the function that we do or that they do and, and to, to grade uh, ourselves on that but to look at ourselves as we're a member of that body and that we're there to do the function that God has, has put us there to do. And it doesn't mean we're all on the same level. Uh, in, we don't have all the same capacities. We don't have all the same responsibilities, but we're all a part of that body and want to do that uh, function that we do. And... Uh, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be under the responsibility of another person in the, in the body of Christ. It doesn't uh, take away that, uh, that responsibility that, that we have, that uh, there are, are elders and ministers that are, that are over a congregation and they have been given a certain responsibility and we have to adhere to that and we have to obey that because again that's part of God's design that that we would be we would have to 
follow those spiritual uh, principles and that those doctrinal principles that God has laid out in, in the Bible that, uh, that we would function in the way that God has designed it to be. And uh, that way, uh, God can, can build up that body in, in, in unity and, and oneness and, and give it that singleness of purpose that through uh, all of us working together uh, in faith in Christ and, and submitting ourselves unto the Holy Spirit, that that, that would work the, the way that he uh, intends it to do. And, and all as individuals doing the functions that God would want us to do and not looking at others to try to do their function, but to do the function that, that God would have us to do. And then I was thinking, what, what are some of the things that keep us from that purpose of edifying or building up the body of Christ? What, are, what, what keeps us from giving our, uh, looking to reach that goal of unity and oneness? And one of the things I thought of is uh, people say, well, I don't have any great gift ability or, or talent. And, and I think sometimes we look at it like this. This is Samson carrying away the, the um, gates of the city up the hill. And uh, sometimes we look at a spiritual gift as something extraordinary or something that would be supernatural and in such a way that everyone would look at that and marvel and, and say, now that's something. But not all gifts are like that. We don't all carry a, a, a gates of a city up a hill. And do you remember there was a slave girl who talked to Naaman about that there's a prophet in Israel. If you were in Israel that that prophet could heal you. But it was the slave girl who started that going. She, all she did was say that there's a prophet in Israel and there's a God in Israel who can do that. If she hadn't said that, none of that would happen. He wouldn't have been healed. But it's that little thing that started that off. Same with spiritual gifts. Maybe it's our purpose just to say that one little thing, and then that God will use that. There was also a little boy that had five loaves and two fishes. And how many did that feed? 5,000. But all he did was bring his lunch. But he was able to give that over to the Lord and the Lord was able to use that and to do something great and something uh, wonderful and marvelous. It's really God's ability. It's our yielding all of those things in our life to God. What else keeps us? I don't, I don't feel support when I try. And I've heard people say this, that uh, 
they seem to try and they just don't feel support. And have you ever felt like this? Like you're just hanging on, you're the only one, you're, you're just barely there and there's no one there to catch you. And uh, Elijah felt that too though. He felt he was alone. He felt he was the only one left and that there was just him and he's the only one putting in effort. But what did God say to him? He said there are 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. He wasn't the only one. Maybe he saw himself as the only one. Maybe we see ourselves as the only one trying, putting in effort. But maybe that's not the case. But maybe we shouldn't feel that. Maybe we should support each other more and, and make that known. That Because uh, in Galatians 6.2 it says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. That we should be sharing in those things. We should be sharing in our sorrows. We should be sharing in our joys. And that, that we should uh, be working together. And, and, and uh, sometimes that's not easy to do. We, we, we don't always have that same relationship with other people as we do. Some relationships are close. Some relationships are not close. And not all should be the same. But at least there should be that... Uh, that uh, sharing and that caring for one another. Uh, one of the other things that I thought of is, I'm not encouraged to do, but I'm told what not to do. I'm always told of the things that I shouldn't do. And I was thinking of something like this, that maybe we have some class rules that says no talking, no whispering, no standing, no squirming, no chewing gum, no rolling your eyes. Don't do all of these things, but sometimes we don't tell people what is proper to do. What is the, the thing that we should really do? What is the, uh, and, and sometimes we have to, to struggle for that because we, we don't know how to put it in a way that they can understand that, that, that what is really the proper uh, thing for them to do. And for, for children, sometimes you find that there are age-appropriate things that that you have that you give them tasks of, of to put things away and 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 uh, how to how to act and and things like that and and maybe we need some of that in the church too that we have we have to encourage maybe pe maybe people to put their books away at the end of the service or something or or to to uh, maybe start with simple things and and also to catch someone doing the right thing. Then instead of trying to catch someone doing the wrong thing, catch someone trying to do the right thing. If you see someone putting in an effort or you see someone who has, or, or sings a song or, or does something, encourage them for that. That's a way of showing love and that's a way of, of building an atmosphere where it is a body all working together. It's, it's all one one, uh, it's functioning as a body. That uh, that the 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 uh, there are parts of the body that supply nutrients to the to the whole body, and and that's a way of doing that. To catch someone doing something right and tell them about that, tell them 
I saw what you did, and it's a good thing, instead of uh, being uh, negative. One of the other things I thought, it's, it's not clear what the requirements, uh, what is required from me, or if I'm qualified to do that. And uh, sometimes we feel that way. Sometimes we feel that there's a, a, a general uh, thing, and I was thinking of something like this. Today's assignment is to achieve world peace. And that, how would you even go about that? that uh, but that's sometimes what, what people feel, like they're, they're, they're told to, or, or they're, they said, you have to have faith in God. You have to be faithful unto the end. And uh, they look at that as, ah, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if that's, that's not within me. That's not something I even know where to start, how to, how to go about that, what, what to do that. Uh, and uh, and I've, I've also seen that at work. I've seen people working on an assignment that they weren't even given, and the assignment that they were given, they're not working on. And... So I wondered about that, and I asked them about that, and they said, I don't understand what that assignment is, the one that I was given. I don't know how to go about and do that. I don't even know where to start. And uh, sometimes it takes a working together with that person to give them an understanding of what the, what the assignment is and, and what, it, what it's really about, and going along with them because I think that goes a long way to, to, to be able to, to work together. How about, are there any other ways that you can think of that would keep us from getting to that real purpose of edifying one another? Are there any comments on that? If not, I'd, I'd like to take a look at some of the gifts that we listed there. And uh, I'd like to look at some of them in a more practical way than maybe we, we look at them sometimes. We, we had a gift of prophecy or being a prophet. And uh, most of the time we think of that, or a lot of the time we think of that as foretelling future events, that that's something that the prophets in the Old Testament did, that they told that God would do this thing and it would happen in, in a certain way. But that's probably a rare occurrence. We, we read a lot about those in the Bible, but that's over thousands of years. We, we've seen some like that. But I would like to look at it more as proclaiming God's message, because that's what uh, prophecy really is in general. It's proclaiming God's message. And, and what is the message that God had of repentance towards God and faith in Jesus Christ and about a conversion, a transformed life? And uh, that's, that's the message that Christ came to, to, to give, and the message of the New Testament is that. 
And uh, I'm glad to see that's really the message of camp, that that's something that we as a church have as a key, key uh, item to, to bring forth, that that's God's message of repentance towards God, faith in Jesus Christ, and conversion. Because there are some denominations who have really stopped using the Bible as the basis for their worship service. There are denominations like that. There are some denominations who still use the Bible, but they kind of use it for their own purposes. They, they want to make people feel good. They want to make people uh, uh, feel good about themselves. And so they'll, they'll take the portions of the scripture and, and they'll, they'll only use those portions of scriptures because they want those people to feel good. Because when the people feel good, they come there. They come to church. But that's not really the whole message of God. And that's not really the key message of God. The key message of God is that we are sinners and that we are separated from God. And that to proclaim that message is, is the true message of God. And some of them would try to, some denominations would try to lessen that effect of sin, to try to lessen the guilt of sin and, and try to say, well, it's not so bad. It's not, uh, uh, it, 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 it's something that everybody does, so, so don't worry about it. But that's not really prophecy. That's not really God's true message. God said, sin, that it may appear exceeding sinful. He wants us to proclaim of how bad sin really is in God's eyes. That's part of what the, what the uh, message of, of prophecy is, that, uh, that it would show that it's what separates us from God. It's what would, if we stay in that sinful state, what would condemn us to an eternity in hell. And that's really bad. But that's the true message of God, that he wants to take that away. He wants to take that sin away. And so this gift of prophecy, I think, is, is really proclaiming that true message of God and proclaiming what his, his, his message is. And uh, I think that's again, a key that, that I'm glad that that is part of camp also, that we proclaim that, the message of repentance towards God, faith in Jesus Christ, and we, have a, we, we emphasize a converted life, that a transformed life, a life that God has taken and, and transformed and, and changed. One of the others uh, is uh, ministry. And uh, here, in general, that means a labor of service toward others. And it involves compassion toward uh, those in need. And it's really a providing for someone's need. And, and uh, this isn't just an, 
an ordained minister that would do this. It's, it's not a, something that's just for a, a person in, in, a, in a ministry position, but that's really something that we can all do. We can, we can all have compassion toward, toward other people, and uh, that's, that's something on a, uh, we, can, we can look and see the need of another person, and we can, we can ask God, is there a way that, that you want me to help in that situation? That's a, a practical way of, of using that spiritual gift of, of ministry. Another gift was teaching and, and teacher. And, and to teach means to, the way that it's used in the Greek there is to instruct by word of mouth. And another meaning it has was to, to cause understanding to increase. That's really what teaching is, to, to, to cause that uh, more and more understanding and a deeper understanding. And uh, in, the, in the way it's used there, it, it refers to not only uh, what is being taught, but also the authority of the teacher. And, and we see that when Christ taught, he had an authority that other people didn't have because they were, they were teaching things just for the sake of teaching them or for the sake of them appearing as to be great in understanding, and they wanted other people to, to look at them as, as great uh, men and to, to, be as, uh, to kind of get a sense of pride out of that. And that, uh, that's not really teaching then. Teaching is, is a way to, to have that understanding passed on. And again, this isn't just a, a formal setting. Uh, this isn't just Bible class teachers. Uh, it's, it's also Sunday school teachers, but it's also sometimes on an individual level. Sometimes you can teach an, a, another person not being in a formal setting, but just going through the things that you normally do and doing it together with that person and that they can learn uh, things that that you don't teach in a formal way and don't go according to a lesson, but there are a way to, to uh, have that understanding increase in another person just by being there and just by, by sharing. Uh, exhortation means to come to one side to aid them, is, is how that word is in the Greek, to encourage, to comfort, to console. And... Uh, some people you can really see have that kind of a gift that, that God can use them to, to, to make other fe people feel comfortable and to make other people feel welcome. Uh, we had a brother in the church who, who was really good at that. He, when he would enter the door, he would say welcome to everyone and he would welcome other people and he would talk to those who weren't converted, those who were converted, and, and he would kind of like make you feel like you're, you're a part of everything, and he could relate to, to you and, and to, to discuss things on, on your level. And, and I, th I think that's a kind of a gift that, that not everyone has. Not everyone has that ability to do that. 
uh, or maybe not on that level. But I think we all have the ability to, to make other people feel uh, like, like you want to be with them or that they want to be, uh, be here and that there's a reason that they're here and to, to uh, give that sense of encouragement and to give that sense of, of feeling of, of unity and oneness. And, and maybe it's something that takes a lot of practice too. It's something that, that maybe we have a slight ability, but that God can have that increase by us using it over and over again. And uh, giving, in a general sense, means to impart unto others to, to share. And uh, sometimes that means money. Sometimes that's, that's a person's gift that, uh, that they would give money. Sometimes that's time. A person can give time, can give... Uh, uh, and do an effort or do a task, uh, and then that's, that's their way of giving, and that's their, their, uh, the gift that uh, God has given unto them to do that. Or sometimes it's a letter or an email or a, call, a phone call. Sometimes that, uh, that's a way of giving also, that, uh, that a way that God can, can use us to do those kind of things. One of the gifts was ruling, to be in a position of authority to preside over. And again, that's, that's not a gift that everyone has. That's, that's uh, something that God will use certain people to do. But somehow, some people have a way of doing that. They know how to, they can look at a situation and they can, they can know what it takes to, to, be, to take control of that situation, to, to take responsibility of, of what should be done and, and, and how it should be done, or to, to, uh, to organize people that uh, certain people have that ability. And if that's one of the things that God has given unto you, to, to use that. Again, none of these things are to, to build up a certain own sense of pride, but it's it's all used to build up the body of Christ, that, uh, that we're all working together, that, we're, uh, that even if, you, if you're in a position of authority, that, that that's not something that you take advantage of for yourself. That's something you use to the Holy Spirit to take control of, and, and, and uh, that's a gift that certain people have. Mercy, showing compassion or restraint, uh, showing kindness or, or forgiveness. And uh, for some people, that's a very difficult thing. Forgiveness is not something that comes naturally to them. For other, for other people, there are people where forgiveness comes more naturally. But, uh, and again, this, this is, these are gifts that God has given to, to believers that that he would want them to to use for the for the edifying of the of the body of Christ. So some people have that uh, natural ability of showing kindness, or, or the ability that God has given them through the Holy Spirit and through their submitting themselves to be used by Him to show that kindness and forgiveness. Wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge and understanding, to, to do things in a sensible and prudent way. 
And uh, I think that's a big thing in our society today. Wisdom is uh, something that's not, uh, doesn't abound. Foolishness abounds in the world today. And uh, knowledge, to be well-informed based on experience and involvement, having a wide range of information and understanding. The, uh, some people have a wealth of experience, and, and if God has given you that uh, to, to share, that, uh, that's something you can use. Miracles to, to, is really a power from God, and, and marvelous or supernatural works testifying to the power of God. And uh, really, God is in control of this. That's something that, that we can ask for in faith. We can ask for uh, miracles to be, to be done. And it takes a believing according to his will. Uh, that's still something that God does today. That's a power that still God has. And uh, if, if that's something, a gift that God has given, it should be used for his honor and glory. Uh, tongues is speaking a language that one has not previously known, understanding or explaining a, a, a foreign language. And, uh, and uh, this was used uh, a lot in when the church was forming to... Uh, but. Some weren't doing it in the right way, but uh, but I'd like to look at it in a little different way. That uh, some people like uh, have a language of their own. Sometimes teenagers have a language of their own, and and seem to talk in a language of their own. And and it takes a certain kind of person to understand that, to to be able to relate to them on that level, and. Uh, that's that's a gift that's I've seen people have that they can they can talk to certain people on their level, and uh, and and talk in a way that that person will will understand. I just like to go through really quick helps, giving assistance or aid, uh, support for the poor, needy, or sick, um, and and. Uh, I think that's something that every believer can do in, in their own way that, uh, and, and something that uh, God has given certain people ability to do. Uh, the gov- government, some people has given a leadership abilities or God has given, put them in that position and given them that gift, the ability to provide management or guidance. And evangelist, one who declares the good news uh, that Christ is the Savior, the gospel, missionary, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a missionary. It can be done on a one-to-one level and, and uh, doesn't have to be a formal type thing. And a pastor is a shepherd, one who has the care of a congregation of believers. Uh, and again, that doesn't have to be always in a formal way that uh, we can have a care one for another on, on a personal level. So those were just some really quick uh, ways to go through that, but are there any other comments or questions, Brother Phil? Yeah, in, in the end of the chapter in 1 Corinthians 12, it, it ends the last verse, but covet earnestly the best gifts. And I think that's interesting that there are levels and 
he considers some better than others, and it's not covered is, is earnestly desired. But I think we need to take that in context with what Jesus himself said in Matthew 20. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. And really, all the gifts, as he says in the next chapter in, in 1 Corinthians 13, are useless, are meaningless, unless they have love behind them, unless Jesus inspires us with love to perform them. They are of, uh, worthless for us, and even for those who would hear or experience what, what gifts we would do, um, they are for naught. So. Yeah, I think he uses that chapter to show the importance of that love. The motivation behind those things is more important than, than the, the actual uh, gift itself. For those who are in big churches and feel that they can't use or aren't using their, big, their gifts as well as they can, come to a small church. If the Lord opens up the door for you, come to a small church and we will use your gifts mm-hmm. to your... To, uh, God's glory. Yes. Do you know any churches that you know? <laughs> <laughs> Come see me. I'll get some. <laughs> Just a comment here. This morning I was thinking about two different forms to attend. This one as well as the peacemaking and conflict resolution. And I realized sitting here that as we experience what was shared with us in this forum, we can really experience an environment where peace is the norm and where conflicts can be resolved. And it's really been a blessing to, for me, it's been a, a blessing to realize how these two really work together. Yeah, and that's the way God works. He uses those things to, to, to work together. Um, and I have to wrap up soon. Hey, very quick, in a practical sense, how does one decide, or how does a church decide which gifts are going to be used? I mean, what if a person thinks they have a gift but don't? or vice versa, isn't self-promoting, how is that gift to be expressed or used? What's the responsibility of the congregation in this? And that's not just to you, but... Yeah, that's a difficult question, but we also read that God would distribute the gifts as as he sees fit, and I think it's more of seeking what God's will is, and and to seeking that he would direct that, and he would... would, uh, do it according to his work uh, will that that's what we would want done his his will to be done and I think when that becomes the more of the focus his will being done I think he works out those things okay. I just a quick response to that one I think there's those in the church that also have the gift of knowing how to go to those people that think they have a gift but don't have a gift and explain to them that they don't have a gift. <laughs> Sometimes it needs to be done delicately, but I think if we remember the, the scope of, of why the gifts are intended, that they are for the edification of all, if, if you're doing something that you feel is, is uh, that maybe God's given a gift for you, but it doesn't seem to be an edification for the church, or other people don't seem to be blessed by it, maybe step back a little bit and reassess. One more comment, I think we have to go. Well, I was going to ask a similar question that Dave asked, and that is, how do we know what our gifts are? And a couple of comments follow. Uh, that, that is a challenge to many of us. Often, as we are uh, newly baptized and born again, and one of the things I learned in studying this particular topic is uh, we may not readily know what our gifts are, but ask your friends, ask your peers. They may 
be more readily to identify what your gifts are, and that can be helpful. Yeah, I think that's important. Okay. Can I say so? One, sorry, can I say uh, quickly? Can I give you, we gotta make it a little quick. Yeah, one more time. It is just real quick. Along the lines with uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, it says, but covet earnestly. I think that what Paul was referring, is saying here is that we might all have different gifts, but he's saying you can have every single gift. It's not impossible. Okay. Uh, thank you for coming. Thank you for your attention. May the Lord will be done.